So why do we call Good Friday good? It's one of those questions that I remember thinking about when I was a kid. And, uh, and if you stop and think about it, you hear people wonder, if you weren't a Christian, you would wonder why this particular day would be called good. What, what can be good about the death of this man in this way on this day? At the behest and urging of the religious authorities with the full imprimatur of the Roman government, what's good about this man's torture, this man's agony, this man's humiliation? How can we call something good which is so obviously and totally bad? How can we call something good that happened to one who was so pure, so holy, and so righteous. Now, of course, we can Google this question, and I'm sure that's one of the top searches of today. Why is it called Good Friday? And you'll get a whole host of answers of varying quality. Of course, words over time shift their meaning, but, but back in the day, um, the word good in English, uh, its semantic field, its range of meanings covered uh, things that were holy. So think of, of the good book. To call something good is to call something holy. So saying Good Friday is just an older way, a more archaic way of saying Holy Friday. Or there's a thought that, that Good Friday is kind of like our, our, our word goodbye, which was originally, you know, God be with you, and got shortened down. So maybe it used to be Good Friday was God's Friday. Now, however plausible you find those answers, I think there's no denying the, the simple fact that we call Good Friday good today in the sense of the word good that we commonly use it, both as an adjective and as a noun. To call something good is to say that it is worthy of our commendation. It's worthy of our praise. That's good as an adjective. And good as a noun is to say that it's morally right. And so when Christians talk about Good Friday being good, we mean it in, in that fullest possible sense, that this, what happened on that Friday is worthy of commendation and was morally right. But the question still remains after making those claims. Because to say that Good Friday is good in light of what we've just read is to step into a mystery. And the question still remains that, that how can something that was so clearly worthy of condemnation, so clearly immoral, be truly good? And maybe it's not a mystery so much as it is a, a paradox. And here I am reminded of G.K. Chesterton's quip. And, and he there was talking about the book of Job. And this was in his wonderful um, essay that he wrote uh, as an introduction to the book of Job, where he said this, the riddles of God are more satisfying than the solutions of man. And he continued that the, the mechanical optimist endeavors to justify the universe avowedly upon the ground that it is rational and consecutive, it has a rational and consecutive pattern. The mechanical optimist points out that the fine thing about the world is that it can all be explained. 
And here Chesterton is thinking about those great, you know, rationalists and and scientific minds of the late 19th and early 20th century who understood that the world is, is, a, is a machine and we can understand it and, and through our knowledge gain mastery over it. So he says, the mechanical optimist says that the, the one fine thing about the world is that it can be explained. But here Chesterton says, this is the one point, if I may put it so, on which God in return is explicit to the point of violence. God says, in effect, that if there is one fine thing about the world as far as men are concerned, it is that it cannot be explained. What makes Good Friday good is one of God's riddles. It is something that cannot be fully explained. All of our best theological answers are at best partial explanations of the thing itself. What makes Good Friday good though, is that in spite of our lack of ability to fully explain it, to fully make sense of it, to fully understand it, is that what happened on Good Friday brought about atonement. And atonement is one of those words, I think its origin is in Middle English, and it's a compound word. And it means this, at one mint, bringing things together that were separated. And so what we see on Good Friday, what makes it good, is that on the cross, Jesus was reconciling humanity to God. He was crossing the gap. He was bridging the chasm. He, he was closing the great gaping wound in the universe. That's what makes Good Friday good. Now, you may have seen one of these diagrams before. Maybe it was a track, some kind of illustration you saw growing up, and, 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 and there's this great divide. And so there's humanity on one side, and there's God on the other, and, and, and the chasm is sin, and across it spans the cross. And that's a picture, a diagram that's, that's trying to explain what is happening on Good Friday, what, what reconciliation, what atonement looks like. I remember being first exposed to um, that diagram, that picture, uh, by Pastor Don when I was growing up here at church. Now, later on, I remember in, in, in seminary, you know, such diagrams were kind of put down, poo-pooed as being too simplistic, or, or there was problematic elements to them, and, and I'm sure there was a degree of truth in that. But I think that largely our objections were sophisticable. And that what that picture is trying to do is to help us understand, to begin to understand the great riddle, the great mystery, the great paradox that is Good Friday being good. The New Testament itself is full of pictures that try to help us make sense of the atonement. We call them atonement metaphors. And all of them are, are, are attempts to explain what cannot be fully explained, to solve what God has offered to us as a riddle, to put pictures around the thing which we strain to comprehend, to resolve the paradox at the heart of Christianity, to help us make sense, again, of why Good Friday is good. And here's how one modern confession of faith describes this phenomenon. 
says God's reconciling act in Jesus Christ is a mystery which the scriptures describe in various ways. It's called the sacrifice of a lamb, a shepherd's life given for his sheep, sacrifice made by a priest. Again, it's ransom of a slave, payment of a debt, vicarious satisfaction of a legal penalty, and victory over the powers of evil. These are expressions of a truth which remains beyond the reach of all theory in the depths of God's love for man. They reveal the gravity, the cost, and the, chur- the sure achievement of God's reconciling work. So which one is it? Which picture, which metaphor is closest to the thing itself? Well, Scripture refuses to let us pick one. The cross refuses reduction. It refuses easy answer. It refuses a fully satisfying explanation. The cross is the central symbol of the Christian faith because in it we see the central paradoxes that are at the heart of the Christian faith. That death brings forth life. That bad brings out the good. That an injustice satisfies the the greater demands of justice. That darkness gives way to light. That the death of one gives life to many. And God's victory is achieved through a magnificent defeat. The goodness of Good Friday, of Jesus' death for us, it brings us to the very limits of human understanding. Before it, we are like cats trying to understand the intricacies of trigonometry. Before the cross, we stand and exclaim in the words of St. Paul in his letter to the Romans, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments! How unscrutable are His ways! Good Friday is good in part at least because it's where the greatness of God runs up against the limits of human understanding. And how can we respond to something so marvelous with anything other than than sheer awe and total praise and, and complete trust in the power of God to save those of us who know not what we do? Those of us who are justly condemned and yet welcomed into the kingdom on the basis of the flimsiest and most self-interested faith, like the thief on the cross crucified next to Jesus. And what can we do but commend and entrust our spirits into the very hands of the Father who loves us with a love that will not let us go? Jesus died for us so that we can live for him and with him in his kingdom now and forever. That's the shortest and truest thing I can say about why I understand Good Friday to be good. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. That's a wonderful line from that song because it is, captures something in just a phrase that is so true and so wonderful and that strikes at the very heart of what is so good 
about Good Friday. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, please pray with me.